Hello everyone, and welcome back to MG on the Mic. Today's episode might be a little bit longer because I have a lot to talk about, um, or I'm going to try to talk a lot about different things. What I'm going to try to talk about is I'm going to talk about the NWSL games that happened before the international break. Then I'm going to touch on a couple of trades that have happened, and then I'm going to touch on the tournaments, the friendly tournaments that teams in the NWSL are participating in, and then I'm going to cover a couple or several of the international games that happened over this break. And then I'm going to try to do a little bit of a preview into all the tournaments that are happening in July because there's a lot and I'm honestly really excited about it. And then I'm going to touch on the WNBA All-Star Game that is happening this weekend. So I'm going to try and cover a lot of information So I hope something in this episode will interest you and you'll want to stick around. So the first topic of conversation is going to be the NWSL games that happened before the international break. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the Washington Spirit versus Racing Louisville. This game happened at Segra Field. The Washington Spirit technically have two home fields. They play at Audi Field, which is the same field that DC United plays at, and that's the DC area MLS team. And then they also play at Segra Field, which is the field that the USL, the second division men's side that's affiliated with DC United, think it's loud and united it's where they play anyways segra has terrible turf it's awful it just it seems the ball moves slow i i don't even play soccer i just like to watch and i would not enjoy playing on segra field anyways so that's where this game took place And this game ended in a 2-2 draw. The Spirits started off this game pretty strongly, and everybody thought that this would finally be the game that they got back to their winning ways. They haven't won a game since the first game of their home opener against O.L. Reign. And they've drawn a lot, but they just, they haven't found a way to get those three points again. Trinity Rodman scored in the 34th minute, and her goal was off of an excellent run and clinical finish, just typical Trinity Rodman stuff. And then Maddie Elwell is a rookie from Vanderbilt, and she scored her first professional goal for the Washington Spirit in the 43rd minute off of a rebound from, I think, Ashley Hatch. She was just in the perfect place, and she was able to put it away. So the Spirit went into halftime up 2-0, and everybody 
like I said, everybody was like, okay, this game is finally going to be the game that the spirit get back to their winning ways. But that was not correct. Nadia Nadim was subbed on in the 56th minute for Racing Louisville, and she scored in the 66th minute and in the 89th minute. Jess McDonald assisted both of these goals, and I, it was, honestly, it was kind of, I don't want to use sad, but that's the only word I can think of. It was sad to watch the Spirit give up a 2-0 lead again. They did this once when they played against Orlando, and it's just like, they, they just... I also hate using the word choke, but it's like they just fall apart in the second half. I don't know if it's the subs mentality or if it's a mentality thing from the subs or what's going on, but they've also had an awful schedule. They've played almost half their season, and they've had multiple weeks where they were playing schedules like you would in a World Cup or an Olympics and you're playing every th- three days, but in the World Cup or an Olympics, you're not having to travel 3,000 miles across the country. And th- But this was also the first time that they had a week or about a week in between the games. And I don't know. It was just something I've been thinking about is how can the Washington spirit find the motivation to win if they don't have the external factors that they faced last year, like the COVID forfeits and the ownership drama. And I think that it'll be interesting to see how they react or how they face that. The next game was the Kansas City Current versus Chicago Red Stars. I didn't really watch this game, but I was able to catch the highlights. This game also ended in a 2-2 draw. Kristen Hamilton scored in the 8th minute. Amanda Kowalski scored in a perfect header in the 53rd minute. Mal Pugh converted a penalty in the 58th minute. And then Cece Kaiser, who was traded from Racing Louisville to Kansas City. And if I'm not mistaken, she's from the Kansas City area. She scored the equalizer for Kansas City off of an amazing goal in the 68th minute. The next game was the O.L. Reign versus Angel City. O.L. Reign won 1-0. Bethany Balser scored in the 31st minute off of a defensive mistake from Angel City. And I love Allie Riley, but she honestly basically just kicked the ball right into Balser, and Balser was in the right place and was able to get the deflection into the net. This was an interesting game because people didn't really know how they were going to look without Kristen Press, and it's going to take... I'll touch on it in a little bit. They brought somebody in to hopefully... to help with that void. That void can't be filled but, I mean, to help as much as they can. Dee Dee Heracic had an amazing game this game. I just, I feel like she was on the top of her game. 
But on the flip side, O.L. Reign is still struggling to score. They have the firepower to be putting goals away. They just cannot finish. The next game was the Portland Thorns versus Orlando Pride. Portland won 6-0. Hina Sugita scored with an insane touch in the 21st minute off of an incredible assist from Janine Becky. Becky Sauerbrunn scored in the 25th minute, and when I'm saying Twitter went absolutely crazy when this happened, Twitter went crazy. Anytime Becky Sauerbrunn scores, Twitter goes insane. Sophia Smith scored in the 63rd and 86th minute. Both goals were insane strikes. One of them was just like she just shot in the middle of her run in mid-stride, so Orlando had no time to prepare and had no idea that it was coming. And she has eight goals on the season right now. Natalia Quica scored in the 79th minute, and then Taylor Porter rounded out the scorers and scored in the first minute of stoppage time. The next game is Gotham versus San Diego Wave. San Diego won 3-0. Alex Morgan scored in the 19th minute and the 43rd minute, and she has 11 goals on the season. And then Mackenzie Doniak scored in the 68th minute. Gotham is really confusing to me. I really want them to be good because they have players that I really, really like. But their midfield needs to be worked on, needs to be helped. I feel like a lot of people say this, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, say that it would be helped if they just play Jennifer Cujo. And I honestly, they don't, I don't know how she plays, but I feel like from the couple of seconds I've watched her that she would help or that maybe they could just try her and see if it works or see if it helps. Like trying doesn't hurt anything. And then the last game I'm going to talk about is the North Carolina Courage versus Houston Dash. Houston won 4-3. Denise O'Sullivan scored for North Carolina in the sixth minute. And then Maria Sanchez scored for Houston Dash in the 15th minute. And then right out of halftime, Elizabeth Eddy scored for the Houston Dash the 47th and the 50th minute. And then Nichelle Prince scored again in the, or scored for the Houston Dash in the 51st minute. And so at this point, it was 4-1 Houston. And so everybody was like, Houston's about to run away with this. But Deanna Ordonez scored for North Carolina in the 57th minute. And then Dabania scored for North Carolina in the 59th minute. So then it was 4-3. And there were five goals in 12 minutes. So I don't know if... The defense was just crumbling and they couldn't get it together. But I honestly wanted North Carolina to come back and win or tie because this just seemed like the perfect amount of chaos and the perfect situation for that to happen. So the two trades that happened were Ebony Salmon 
went to the Houston Dash from Racing Louisville, and Sydney LaRue went to Angel City from the Orlando Pride. With the Ebony Salmon trade, Racing Louisville gets 150000 in 2022 allocation money, 25000 in 2023 allocation money, plus a possible $15,000 more if Salmon meets certain performance criteria. I'm not really sure what performance criteria means. I don't think anybody knows. But I'm also like, allocation money is weird and interesting to me. And I don't really understand it. I just know it's used in trades a lot. And then the Sid LaRue trade, Orlando Pride got 75000 in 2020 allocation money. A... They also got Angel City's 2024 natural first round draft pick and an additional 10000 in both 2022 and 2023 if performance criteria is met. And I definitely think Sydney LaRue and Ebony Salmon. Ebony Salmon, unfortunately, was not getting playing time in, Houston, in Louisville, and it was just weird because she had such a good season last year and everybody was really confused as to why she was just frankly disappearing wasn't playing um so she asked for a trade and she got traded to the Houston Dash and she's angry so I'm I love watching when players play angry and play like they have something to prove and just go out and absolutely smash it And then Sid LaRue, actually, I feel really excited to watch her play with Kristen Press next year. When Kristen Press finally gets healthy again, I would love to see their partnership. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about seeing Simone Charlie with her once Simone Charlie gets healthy I really just want Angel City to get healthy. Once Angel City gets healthy, they will be a really cool, amazing team. Now, there are several friendly tournaments happening in August. There's, I'm going to technically say four but the two that Angel City are participating in, one of them's in September, one of them's in August. They're more friendlies. So friendly is just a game that doesn't really have any effect on anything. And the first is, I mentioned this before, Angel City's partnership with Tigres. And then the second is the Copa Angelina. And this is really cool to me. It's Angel City versus the Mexican women's national team. This is a multi-year partnership, and they want to highlight the Mexican culture in L.A. through entertainment, community outreach, and an annual game. And this has never been done before where a club has hosted a women's national team. And I think that that is really cool, especially that it's a Mexican national team. And it's just, I don't know, it's just amazing. And I feel really, really interesting to watch and I really look forward to it 
And then the women's ICC will take place in Portland, and the, there will be four teams in that, and that will be Portland, Chelsea, Lyon, and Rayadas. And to participate in this, you have to have won something. Um, and Portland won the 2021 Shield for the NWSL. Chelsea won the 2022 WSL League. Lyon won D1 Arkema and the Champions League. And then Riadas won the 2021 fall version of Liga Emeki Feminine. And the game, the setup for this tournament will be semifinals and then the final. And there'll also be a third place match. And it will be Portland versus Riadas, Chelsea versus Lyon, and then obviously the winners play each other and then the losers play each other. The last tournament will be the Women's Cup, and this will take place in Louisville. And the teams, there will be six teams participating in this, and those teams are AC Milan from Italy, Tokyo Verdi Belize from Japan, Tottenham Hotspur from England, Club America from Mexico, and then OL Reign and Racing Louisville from the NWSL. And the format of this one is kind of harder to understand um, because OL Reign and Racing Louisville both get buys and then I'm pretty sure there's like a fifth place match um, and obviously a third place match. So yeah, but AC Milan versus Tokyo Verde Belize, Verde Belize play and then the winner plays OL Reign, and then Tottenham Hotspur versus Club America play, and the winner plays Racing Louisville. So all these tournaments are happening, and I'm really excited to watch everybody play. I feel like these will be really, really, really fun to watch and really good soccer. So now I'm going to be talking about the international games that happened during this international break. Most of these games were preparation games for various tournaments like the Euros for the European teams, CONCACAF for obviously the North American teams, um, Copa America for South American AFCON, um, ball is the, that's not a tournament, that's the South American Federation, I'm pretty sure. I will double check. Um, but there were several teams and games that played in this international tournament. And it was just, Comabal is the South American Federation, so I took it that right. Um, it was so fun to watch, and I felt like I was watching a game every day. And the first game was Denmark versus Brazil. I love watching Brazil play. Brazil 
is has Carolyn and Dabinia and Marta when Marta is healthy again and it's just so fun to watch them play. Denmark won two to one. I also I apologize if I mispronounce any of these names. Janie Thompson scored in the 17th minute for Denmark and then Dabania equalized for Brazil in the 87th minute and then Mil Gel scored the winner for Denmark in the 91st minute so in the first minute of stoppage time off of an ins- a really good ball from Nadia Nadine and then England versus the Netherlands this was a game everybody was looking forward to because England is hosting the Euros, the Netherlands won the Euros, the last iteration of the Euros, so everybody was really excited for this, but England won 5-1. to Lika Martins scored in the 22nd minute for the Netherlands, and this was the only goal that the Netherlands scored. Lucy Bronze scored in the 32nd minute for England off of what some people on Twitter or the internet would call a shross, which basically means she crossed the ball and it went in the net. The Even the commentators didn't necessarily think that she meant for the ball to go in. And then Beth Mead came on at halftime and scored a brace, and she scored in the 53rd and in the 90th minute. And then Ella Toon also came on and she scored in the 72nd minute and then Lauren Hemp scored in the 74th minute. The goalkeeper for the Netherlands honestly could have done better. I feel bad criticizing people's performance but especially on the Ella Toon goal. The Ella Toon goal I feel like was savable but obviously it went in. The next game was Norway versus New Zealand and Norway won 2-0. Ada Hegerberg scored in the 34th minute and then Giro Bergsvan scored in the 95th minute, so the 5th minute of stoppage time. I was honestly impressed with how how strong New Zealand's defense held up against Ada Hegerberg an attack as talented as Norway and Ada Hegerberg's not the only good attacker that they have they also have Caroline Graham Hansen that is a really cool and fun attack to watch and I was impressed that New Zealand was able to hold for that long and keep it at only 2-0 and then the next game was France versus Cameroon France won 4-0. Melvin Millard scored in the 31st minute. Mbok Bathy scored in the 38th minute. And Oli Matasar subbed in and scored in the 58th and the 63rd minute. And in the Spain versus Australia game, Spain won 7-0. And a lot of people equate Spain with being Barcelona, which is true because a large number of Spain's players do come from Barcelona 
And Barcelona essentially just runs through their league, regularly puts up seven goals. Um, I think they scored over 100 goals this season. But Australia was playing without a lot of their normal starters. They Sam Kerr, Haley Rasso, Steph Catley, Ellie Carpenter. Ellie Carpenter is injured, but she wasn't there. Caitlin Ford... They were all not there, so this was kind of what the U.S. uses January camp for, kind of like an ID camp, and their Australia was essentially playing their less experienced players, their rookies. So I feel like you have to take that 7-0 scoreline with a little grain of salt. And then the next two games I'm going to be talking about are the U.S. Columbia games. The first game, the U.S. won 3-0. They were held scoreless in the first half. Colombian goalkeeper Catalina Perez saved two penalties. And these were from Lindsey Horan and Rose Lavelle. And neither one of them are... I don't know if they're good penalty takers. I know Rose Lavelle is not a notorious penalty take, good penalty taker. And a lot of people were confused as to why Sophia Smith wasn't taking the penalties because she's been taking penalties for Portland and she's been converting a lot of them. And so a lot of people were confused. And then later on in the press conference, Vladko Andonovsky, who is the coach of the women's national team, was asked about it. It was like, we use stats from training. The penalty takers will probably not change. And it was really interesting to me, especially that Rose took one, because at the time, I think Alex Morgan was on the field, and she's also banged in several penalties. So I don't know. But Sophia Smith scored a brace. She scored in the 54th minute and in the 60th minute. And then Taylor Korniak subbed in and earned her first cap, and she also scored in the 90th minute. The second game, the U.S. won 2-0. Sophia Herta forced an own goal in the 22nd minute, and then Kelly O'Hara scored in the 77th minute. This is only her third goal in her national team career, and it's her first since 2016. Andy Sullivan, Alana Cook, and Sophia Smith did not dress for this game to rest them going into the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. Carson Pickett started this game and earned her first cap, and she actually made a little bit of history for herself. She became the first person in U.S. Women's National Team history to play with a limb difference. She does not have a hand. And it was just, I can see representation is so important. And to see somebody like you play soccer would make a kid's life if they also had those same limb differences. Ashley Hatch, at the end of the game, Ashley Hatch was subbed in. And she got into it with a Colombian player. She went to try to get the ball from the goalkeeper 
because you know the strikers are usually little pests trying to get the ball back, annoying the goalkeeper. And the a defender was trying to shield her. Well, she nudged the defender, and as they were walking away, the defender nudged her back. So she essentially put her hands in the Colombian player's face and pushed her, and the Colombian player fell to the ground. Now, this had there been VAR, this probably would have honestly been a red card because it was two hands to the face, but it was a yellow card. And I just wonder, like, why? You're up 2-0. It was the 90th minute. Why? Where? What was the point, essentially? And I don't know. The team feels different. I love these players. I love Sophia Smith. I love watching Sofia Huerta, Carson Pickett, but it's just, I don't know if it's because I'm not used to watching them and I miss the older players. I don't know, but just the culture of the team, maybe. The coach, I don't know. I just feel weird about watching the national team. It doesn't feel the same. That sounds melodramatic, but yeah. The next game was Mexico versus Peru. Mexico won 5-1. Stephanie Mayor scored for Mexico in the 30th minute. And then Ariana Munoz scored for Peru in the 45th plus one minute. So stoppage time in the first half. And this was an insane goal. I saw the clip on Twitter and I was like, oh my goodness. And then Maria Sanchez scored for Mexico in the 46th minute. And I feel like this is her shot. She scored a... This shot was almost exactly like the goal that she scored in the Houston game. Or the Houston game against North Carolina. Carolina Dramalo scored for Mexico in the 50th and 62nd minute. And then Mary Carmen Reyes scored for Mexico in the 81st minute. They also won the second game they scored. They played against Peru 3-0 with goals coming from Mary Carmen Reyes, Diana Ordonez, and Diana Garcia. But this game was behind closed doors, so... Nobody could watch it. Um, And then Canada and Korea Republic played, but this game ended in a nil-nil draw. Finland, and then Finland versus Japan. I put this game on here because June Indo plays for Japan, and she scored the second goal in a 5-1 victory. And she also had several good crosses. I think she had one or two assists. It was, she played really well this game as well. So that was all the friendlies that happened. And next I'm going to try to just give a brief overview of the tournaments that are happening next month. So the first tournament that I'm going to touch on are the Women's Euros that will be happening in England. And this will probably, I don't, it won't necessarily be 
quote-unquote best tournament, most entertaining tournament, but it will probably be the most watched tournament. And Group A of this tournament is Austria, England, North Ireland, and Norway. And if I had to pick the two that we're going to get out of this group, I would pick England and Norway. Just for fun, I feel like Norway might surprise everybody and come out in first place because they have Ada Hegerberg. But it's also on home soil for England, so you never know. And then Group B is Denmark, Finland, Germany, and Spain. Honestly, for the two, just to pick the two easiest, I see Spain and Germany getting out. But I do see it being being very close between Germany and Denmark, and I wouldn't be surprised if Denmark squeezed out of the group. And then Group C is Netherlands, Portugal, Sweden, and Switzerland. And I see Sweden and Netherlands coming out of this group. And then the last group is Belgium, France, Iceland, and Italy. And I see France and Italy coming out. I don't honestly don't really know. A, and then a couple of teams that I'll be watching or interested in are Iceland and England. Iceland, just because I honestly don't expect them to move out of the group stage um, because I don't know if they're that experienced in these big tournaments yet, but they have a really good player. Venus, she plays for Wolfsburg. I don't want to butcher her name. Svendis Ven's daughter. Um, and she's really fun to watch. And I really enjoyed watching her when Iceland played in the She Believes Cup in the U.S. And then England, honestly, they're... It's kind of a cop-out pick. But they're honestly one of my picks to win. Just because of the home field advantage. How deep their benches, I feel like that will really play into their favor in this tournament. The next tournament is the CONCACAF W Championship. This is how the U.S. and Canada and all the CONCACAF teams will vie for a spot in the World Cup. So the way this will work is if you make it out of the group stage, which means place top two in the group, then you go to the World Cup. But if you're one of the third place teams, you go to an intercontinental playoff. Group A is Haiti, Jamaica, Mexico, and the U.S. This is quite literally the group of death. I mean, just... I think a lot of people are underestimating all of these teams. Haiti has some insane firepower up top. Jamaica has Bunny Shaw. Mexico has improved tremendously, and it's in Mexico. And Mexico now has a domestic league that is growing and has fan support. 
So it'll be interesting. And then Group B is Canada, Costa Rica, Panama, and Trinidad and Tobago. And I feel like Canada should get out of this group pretty easily. But I'll just be... It'll be really fun to watch who snags that second spot. The next tournament I'm going to talk about is the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. And honestly, admittedly, I'm not very familiar with how this tournament works. I do know that this is Africa's way of qualifying for the World Cup. I'm not really sure. I know they have four spots. There's three groups, so I guess it's whoever makes it to the semifinals. That's what I'm assuming, Um, but I'm not sure. Group A is Burkina Faso, Morocco, Senegal, and Uganda. Group B is Cameroon, Togo, Tunisia, and Zambia. And then Group C is Botswana, Burgundy, Nigeria, and South Africa. I'm really excited to watch Nigeria, Cameroon, and Zambia. Zambia, I feel like Barbara Banda, who had a breakout tournament in the Olympics, I feel like she'll be fun to watch. Nigeria has Ucha Kanu, Ashiat Oswala, Ifyanamanu, just they have fi- attacking firepower, and then Cameroon has Estelle Johnson and I'm just really excited and really interested to get more into these teams and watch them more. The last tournament I'm going to be talking about is the Copa America Bimana, which is the South American way of qualifying for the World Cup, and they will have three spots. And the, the groups are, there are two groups with five teams in each group, Group A is Bolivia, Chile, 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 Colombia, Ecuador, and Paraguay. Group B is Argentina, Brazil, Peru, Uruguay, and Venezuela. If I just had to guess the three, I might say Colombia, Brazil, and Venezuela, or Chile. I don't know. And this the same thing goes for the South American teams as I said for the African teams. I am admittedly not as familiar with them. So I'm really looking forward to getting more familiar with their teams through this tournament. That's all the soccer stuff I'm going to talk about. The next thing and the last thing I'm going to talk about is the WNBA All-Star Game. It will be the... It will actually... I'm recording this on Friday, July the 1st. It will be tomorrow, July the 2nd. I'm pretty sure. And this it will be in Chicago. And the starters will be Sue Bird, Sylvia Fowles, Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson. And they'll all be co-captains. Sabrina Ionescu, John Quill Jones, Neka Ngumuke, Candace Parker, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Young. The reserves will be Ariel Atkins, Kalia Copper, Skylar Diggins Smith, Ryan Howard, Jewel Lloyd, Arike Agumbawale, 
Courtney Vandersloot, Derricka Hamby, Natasha Howard, Brianna Jones, Emma Musiman, and Alyssa Thomas. So these are all-star-studded lineup. Obviously, it's the all-star game. I'm really excited. I finally am starting to watch the WNBA a little bit more this year. Really excited to watch this game. And in my opinion, some of the snubs were Natasha Cloud, Kelsey Mitchell, Elena Deladon. But it's one of those situations like, who would I replace? Because I honestly don't really know. But I'm really, really excited to watch this game. Thank you for listening to this episode of MG on the Mic. I really hope you enjoyed. I hope you want to recommend this podcast to friends, family, whoever. But most of all, just I hope you, this podcast encouraged you to start watching women's sports. And just this next month might be more longer episodes or longer episodes because there will be a lot of soccer going on between the tournaments and league um, and WSL. Liga Mecki is going to start back. So I will try my best to keep them condensed as best I can, but they might start getting a little bit longer. So I hope you're ready for a lot of soccer coming. And thank you again for listening. Bye.